we decided, because we're all horror movie fans, the week of Halloween, take a day, sometimes two days off of work, and just sit around and watch horror movies all day long. This is why we love you. As soon as he starts talking, you're like, why is he here? He's not one of these people. Mm -hmm. He scares the shit out of me. (laughs) Absolutely. There's so much blood gore, so much like scary thrills in that movie. It's I think it's the perfect horror movie. Alright, we have a full clubhouse this time. Just about as crowded as it's ever been here in the studio, but that's good. We're going to talk about Spooky Buddies. We've got Spooky Buddies in the uh, studio here, and welcome. This is Fright Club Podcast, and she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And we're from MadWolf.com. Last week, or no, it was last couple of weeks ago now, last episode, we were in front of that great live crowd at Gateway. We were talking about 1930s or the classics, and we showed Vampire, and everybody really loved it. We had a great crowd come out. We did, and I was kind of worried about that one because it's slow and it's super weird, and I didn't know how many people would like it, but it seemed like everybody really enjoyed it. Michael, in particular, thought that it was great, and then, no surprise, our friend Phantom Dark Dave dug the episode. He loves classic horror, and also Nathan Andrew promised that if we make good on our threat to show the black cat, he will come back to Columbus to see it. All right. Where is he now, by the way? He is in Ithaca, New York. All right. Uh, yeah, that was great, and we really had some great uh, conversation afterward. You know, we always love when people come down and, and want to talk about the movie that we ju- that they ju- just seen, and boy, everybody had a lot of great things to say about that. So hopefully that continues. Uh, but just a reminder, we're taking May off of Fright Club since we're making a movie, and if we sound a little tired today <laughs> as we record this podcast, it's because we were out today digging ditches. And digging holes. Not a mass grave. And not, <laughs> in case the authorities are listening, it was not a mass grave. Uh, we were uh, getting getting out some of the obstacles for the Obstacle Corpse filming our movie, which is going to kick off here in a week from today. And I want to. We just want to thank Molly. She's our production designer. Yeah. She did a lot of manual labor today, but also, I think, more importantly, she stood in the middle of the woods and listened to me come up with different ways to dispose of a dead body without freaking out. <laughs> I just got on a riff, and I started just coming up with different ways. And to... some al- along the line, somewhere during the conversation, she uttered the phrase, if cannibals want to eat me, that's their prerogative. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. But uh, it was it was good, and uh, we hope to make a good movie for you. And that's really what gets us here today, how we got the Spooky Buddies in the studio, how they got the honor and the privilege of being here. <laughs> Who's going to explain? Uh, I think that should be Derek. It was his brainchild. Okay, well, first of all, let's, let's introduce everybody. Let's have a roll call here of the Spooky Buddies. All right, hi, I'm Derek Zach. I am Katie Height. I'm Megan Oxner. Spencer Metoxen. And Monty Metoxen. Okay, and you guys got together, right? When we had, back when we were doing the GoFundMe for Obstacle Corpse, we had one option. Well, I'll let you guys tell it. Yeah, so the, the, the option was to host this, and I, as soon as I saw it, reached out to my spooky buddy's friends here and said, are you guys interested if we get together and do this? Everyone's on board, but the important thing was I had to reach out to you two and say, do you think you're ready for this if you let us all host this? Do you realize? And you instantly said yes, so we were into. in. Yeah, I definitely, getting into, but. I definitely wanted to thank you publicly, because <laughs> if I was in your guys' shoes, immediate no. And like, block. I don't think this part is the hard part. Editing it down, that might be. We'll all see. Right. We'll see how it goes. 
But uh, were you known as the Spooky Buddies before this, or was this a, a, yeah, a, a name we, for just for this episode? We collectively called ourselves that for a few years now. We um, it's it's kind of a running joke too because it's a Disney dog movie, but we. I don't know why we started calling ourselves that. Like we were taking it back from Disney. Yeah, we, talk, we, we, we spell it different. I.E. for spooky yeah, no. and buddies with a Z. Buddies with a Z. No copyright uh, infringement. Yeah, we seriously just a couple years, um, not a couple years ago. It's got to be almost been a, ten quite years a few ago. Years, yeah. We decided because we're all horror movie fans, the week of Halloween, take a day, sometimes two days off of work, and just sit around and watch horror movies all day long. This is why we love you. And that's how it, that's yeah. how it happened. You know, it was. Us three at first, and then it grew to include the entire group now. So, I mean, it's... And it had nothing to do with the Airbud franchise. Let me just <laughs> get that out. Yeah, so, uh, Disney lawyers or whoever owns Airbud <laughs> right. had nothing to do with that. You, you see that. that red light, the hotline <laughs> ring? <laughs> <laughs> the lawyers. Well, it's great. And that just fed into the subject, right? The topic, which you, you came up with with them, or did they already have it? I think that it was either Katie or me, one of the two of us. I think so. Katie, it was Katie. I'm always taking credit for <laughs> stuff. Katie came up with it. <laughs> well, it's good. The Spooky Buddies going to yep. talk about the Spooky Buddies. So, what are the what are the rules? What are the parameters? Well, we have we did best friends not too long ago, and so this is not that. The idea uh, behind this one is big groups of friends. So that was really it. That was the the one parameter. It also left a lot of options for everybody, and then the other. Weird rule for this one is that while ours are ranked, theirs are not ranked because it was going to cause too much tumult and chaos. <laughs> and that's being polite. Yes. <laughs> there was going to be a throwdown, I think. Uh, but that's fine because each one of you is going to have a movie and we're going to pair it with our ranked choices because we get along as humans <laughs> and we can work things out amongst ourselves. <laughs> but for anybody who is counting at home, what we have learned and was reconfirmed today is Spencer is the worst. This is not accurate <laughs> at all. We took a vote. Yes. Scientifically we did take <laughs> So you guys don't vote each other the worst. I don't. This isn't a thing you, uh, you've done. Friends no, because I would lose, and that would be sad for me. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna have. Um, well, Katie's gonna start, right? Sure. Katie's gonna start, and then uh, each time they have a movie, and we pair it with one. Yeah, I want to talk about some of the movies that didn't make the list, and um, because there are like millions and millions of really great options. Dead Snow mm-hmm. didn't make the final cut. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. You know, what? that hurt my feelings. I know. Mm-hmm. Cabin Fever could have, I suppose. I'm not even sure why I put that on here because I don't like Cabin Fever. Why would I have te- typed that in here? I don't know. And then uh, Girl with No Mouth, I like as a Spooky Buddies idea because it is a, a group of friends and nobody that's saw a, that movie. Yeah, right. And that's a good one. Yeah. And then I thought about having a subcategory where the friends are the bad people because that would be super fun. And Eden Lake and the Lost Boys oh, would have yeah. made that list. <laughs> yeah. Didn't somebody here... W- w- was one of you hated us for showing Eden Lake? Who, who hated so us? So many people hated us for showing that one. I got a I lot. can't keep them all but straight. I think it, it might have been Tom. Was it Tom who hated that? I'm. Mm, a lot of people were yeah. really angry about Eden Lake. Those people are crazy because that movie is so good. It is. It's so good. Actually, we've shown it twice. <laughs> but you're right. Those friends are not good. They're not. They're not good people at all. Okay, so that's the ones that just almost made it. So we'll get into uh, the actual cream of the crop here. So Katie is going to start, mm-hmm. right? What you yeah. got? So the movie that I chose for Spooky Buddies was The Invitation. We don't see you for two years, and then all of a sudden, we get invited to this lavish dinner. Don't tell me that this is normal. What do you think is happening, Will? There's nothing to be afraid of. 
the invitation was directed by Karen Kusama. Mm-hmm. Uh, who also directed Jennifer's Body, which we decided we need to rewatch. It's Love going it. on the Spooky Buddies list this Never year. Never seen it. So good. So it's good. Very it, underrated. It is. It's very it uh, maligned, and it deserves more love. Anyways, we're not talking about that today. <laughs> um, so the invitation is uh, about a dinner party with all of your grown-up friends that all apparently hate each other, and the movie starts off with. One of the worst scenes I think I've seen in a while. And clearly, everyone should have just gone home from the beginning of the movie because they hit a coyote on the way to this dinner party. And you just know, if that's how it starts and it never goes up from there, it's a really bad scene. So they end up going to this dinner party. It is... um, Oh, now I can't remember his name. Terrible. The worst dinner party ever. The worst dinner party ever. (laughs) So it's a couple that goes and throughout the movie, like everything is just so tense and so difficult and you can't quite know what's going on, but it's all very creepy and uncomfortable. Everything's super awkward. They play some kind of never have I ever game where they start talking about what would I do if I could have anything I wanted And one of the women decides she wants to do coke. (laughs) (laughs) And the other thing is that this movie also starts off with a couple strangers outside of this like grown up adult friend group having them sit down and watch a video that ends up being of someone dying. They watch (laughs) a woman die at this dinner party and like more and more things just keep happening where you're like, this is not right. But the main character knows that something is wrong and keeps freaking out about it. And everyone's like, no, it's fine. Everything's fine. It's cool. Right. And then you find out that like all of these things that have been going on. Monty, you look like you want to say something. Jeff, <laughs> no, <please>. no, I'm <laughs> just, I'm thinking about it. It's uh-huh. making me angry. It is. I know. <laughs> so everyone is just like more and more things keep happening and you cannot figure out what's going on. And, you know, it becomes clear that they are in a cult, the, the um, couple whose house it is. And, like it just devolves. Everything devolves. Everyone is is having these horrible moments. A lot of gaslighting. So much gaslighting. And the couple that is there, it's a girlfriend who they've only been dating for a couple years. And you find out that the husband has come back to his ex-wife's house and they have a son who has died. So not only is there a lot of bizarre things going on, he's also reliving a lot of trauma from their son dying and being in the house where the son died. You can't quite put together what's going on. And then literally, as most of these movies do, all hell breaks loose. And all of his suspicions of things being wrong in the house start coming true. And I will not spoil anything, but it's just this whole concept of your grown-up friends, like friends you have as adults, not being the same people they were when you were teenagers. Mm. And when you have this like collective trauma coming back to you, everyone's handling death in a different way. They're handling their trauma in a different way. And in this way, they are handling it terribly. It's so beautifully done, but also so traumatic and so heavy to watch. Like it's like a grown up movie, I feel like for this one. I love John Carroll Lynch in this movie so much. Yeah. Um, I think that when he he does his speech and it, it just changes the whole tone and trajectory of the film at that moment. Yep. There are other characters. There's a woman who wants to get crazy. I mean, there are other characters who who really affect the way things go. But man, as soon as he starts talking, you're like, why is he here? He's not one of these people. Mm-hmm. He scares the shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. He changes the tone of the movie. And 
starts talking about things that had not come up. Like we're saying, like, you know, oh, they want to party. They want to hang out. They want to be friends. But it's clear these people haven't seen each other for a long time. And that there's an agenda. And there's something going on. They haven't been a part of each other's lives. And so they're trying to regroup each other together. But it turns out they're getting back together so they can all die together, essentially. (laughs) Like, that's the plan. Like, oh, we'll save you. Yeah, it's great friends. We'll be friends forever. That's what friends do. We're going to just end it this way, right? That's cool. Uh Uh-huh. Absolutely. And everyone talks about how there's no right way to grieve, which I inherently agree with. Mm-hmm. But this is not the right way. Like <laughs> this is the wrong way. It's exactly the wrong way. <laughs> okay, so that's the invitation from 2015, and we're going to pair it with our number five, and that is from 2017, and that is the ritual. Where the hell are we, Huts? We should pitch the tents. This is ridiculous, man. Luke, you're getting soaked. You hear that? No, I didn't hear anything. Come on. What the fuck is that? It's another one that's about grief. That's about a group of friends who get together to sort of help overcome grief. And it's it's these this group of dudes and they do something together. They travel. They do something together. And this is the first year that they've done it after one of their friends is is killed. He dies in a liquor store. The like the maybe the 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 last time they all got together. And the whole group is still grieving that and they're blaming Rafe Spall. They think that he was a coward and he's the reason that their friend is dead. And then um they they take a shortcut through the woods, which is, as we all know, the dumbest <laughs> the fucking thing oh, yeah. anyone can Dumb. do. I was yeah. gonna say a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I meant. Dumb. And then they stumble into a cult and it turns into a bit of a monster movie and sort of this, I mean, I love zealot, you know, cult movies when they're done well. And I love a monster movie when it's done well. And I think that's one of the things that we like that we're most impressed by was the cult members were um, authentic. They didn't feel like they were fake or one dimensional. And the monster was awesome. Yeah, they did deliver the goods there, which I know a lot of people appreciated. This is director is David Bruckner, who did Southbound and also The Night House uh, from just uh, last year or two years ago, which we liked a lot. And I think it has, it's grief, yes, but also, you mentioned Rafe Spall's character. He's, he's blaming himself, too. They're blaming him, and he's blaming himself as well. And he thinks if he can complete this, it'll somehow redeem him uh, with everybody and with himself. So, uh, but, but I agree. Once they get to the, the cult or the, where they arrive, it, it, it does. It delivers the goods. And you always want to see when it's a monster movie, okay, what are they, are they going to show me the monster or not? And they do. And, it, yeah, it, it uh, backs it up, I think, pretty well. Yeah, it does. And I think, I mean, the the characters in the cult, which I don't even know if you can consider it a cult. It's really more of a folk horror. So yeah. it's it's really, it's almost like a, you know, a community that's just sort of existed separate from the rest of the world for such a long time, as opposed to being like a cult, like the, the invitation group of people. But the members of that group were so eerie and so, they the performances were so good. Um, and I don't think I'm not sure I think all of the friend performances, the the, the guys who are traveling together, they, they weren't quite as strong. I mean, I liked them, but it wasn't until you got to see this sort of prehistoric group of humans where you're like, oh, no, this is acting. These guys are nailing it. Mm-hmm. So I know you mentioned this was directed by David Bruckner. I just saw the other day that he's on tap to do the Hellraiser reboot, yes. which I don't know how I feel about that, but I mean, it's been hit or miss with these reboots. Yeah, okay. it has been. We're excited about that, and we're also excited about the casting and the director. I mean, I feel like this is the best chance that a Hellraiser has yeah. gotten since the first one. Yeah, I, my my hopes are pretty pretty solid for it, I think, because uh, I think he's been a, a pretty solid director, but we'll see. You're right. The reboot sometimes can be very disappointing, but hopefully not in this case. So that is our number five, The Ritual, from 2017. 
And we'll go next to who's up? Spencer's up. I'm up. Spencer's up with All your right. pick. I've heard you're the worst, but your pick is going to be the best. I can feel it. Well, I will tell you, we did rank these, and mine is number one. So there's that. You have a mouse in your pocket? <laughs> is there well, a Twitter poll to support that? Uh, yes. Yeah. We'll get one on there soon. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, we are going for the 2013 remake of Evil Dead. You are all going to die tonight. I read a passage from that book. Oh my god! Why did you do that? George is so happy that that I, was the one. They I didn't specify. Love I love it. Yeah, the 2013 <laughs> remake is, is probably one of my favorite horror movies. It's, yeah. There's so much into it. There's so much blood gore so much like scary thrills in that movie it's i think it's the perfect horror movie but these group of friends so they're coming together to get one of their friends off of heroin like a great group of friends would do <laughs> <laughs> that's a real group of friends unlike the invitation not, <laughs> which are really shitty other. friends yeah they're not going to murder each other on purpose right i mean they are going to murder <laughs> each other <laughs> but that wasn't the goal <laughs> inevitably they're going to murder each other um you get the one dude who i think we decided was going to be katie who finds a book bound in razor wire and says, you know what? I'm going to cut this open and read this book. Let's, read, Let's go ahead and read this book. Because <laughs> that's always a good idea when you find she a book. She's wearing a Reading Rainbow t-shirt today. <laughs> you guys should get a visual for this. It's reading important. Rainbow shirt. <laughs> it, it's right there. It's right there. So anyways, the book opens. The book gets read. Evil comes. Then you have to murder your friends as they start getting possessed which would be absolutely horrid to do. Or, like the uh, one dude who actually read the book, his mm -hmm. eyeballs get stabbed with needles. <laughs> That's what you get for reading books. <laughs> <laughs> so after this, this poor girl, I, what's, what's the main character's name? Mia. Mia. So Mia's possessed. Mia gets buried alive, and Mia comes back and then has to watch her brother blow up. Uh, has to fight a doppelganger of herself. And at the end of the day, it's like, man, Mia, like, I don't know, maybe heroin was a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she has, she tears her own arm off. Yeah. It rains blood. The end is so metal. Like, yeah. it's just like a heavy metal music video the last 10 minutes. Well, when we, we were talking about this when we first, when Hope uh, told me your list and it didn't specify which Evil Dead. Mm. And I asked, I said, which, which one is it? And I'm so glad it's this one yeah, because I be love this one. this one. Absolutely. All of them are great. They're all great. They're all absolutely I love great. all the Evil Dead movies, well, but I do just... really love this one. And I think, you know, uh, Fetty Alvarez, of course, then he went on to make the um, Don't Breathe, which was also oh. excellent. Yeah. But, you know, I think that if you if you take on the Evil Dead, which was so, I, I mean, it, this one is still comedic, but it's not that like uh, Three Stooges-y kind right. of comedy, which is mm -hmm. why George That's likes why it. I like it better. Exactly. <laughs> but the gore, I mean, you know. Ooh, the blood. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't skimp on that. And all of the performances, I think, are just great. Yeah, absolutely. I think it shines for us, too, because we grew up with Evil Dead, you know, like kids watching that. <laughs> I don't know why kids, but yeah, we were watching as kids. <laughs> and then like when they announced the remake, we were like, oh, no. Then we saw, we we're like, oh, my God, that yeah. was awesome. Yeah. That was a really good idea just to, to change the complete tone of the movie of the remake to to this more serious, violent, gory than the, the jokey, you know, ashy, slashy stuff. But they still right. but they still pick up all of the same all of the same elements. Mm, so absolutely. like, of course, Evil Dead Part Two is just basically a remake of Evil Dead. 
with like two additional characters. And so the the reboot of it, they still pull in all the same things, a chainsaw for an arm, you know, I mean, all of the same elements, but they sort of, who does it this time is different. You know what I mean? They just move things around in a way that still makes them fresh and interesting, but still feels like that there's a, a, a genuine reverence for the original material. Amen. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> and that's why I it's mean, our you, number one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I win. That's the, the 2013 version of Evil Dead. We're going to pair that with the 2011 film Cabin in the Woods. The lambs have passed through the gate. They are come to the killing floor. I seriously believe something weird is going on. We have to stay together. This isn't right. We should split up. Yeah, good idea. Really? Because they're both Cabin in the Woods horror. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the things, we're also putting together a secret society uh, podcast, and this will probably be on that one as well. I because that, you've sure. got, <laughs> you've got you know, the traditional setup of your buddies who are going out into the Cabin in the Woods to die. They don't know that, but we do. We know that. They do such a great job of choosing the five people who are going to play those sort of five archetypes and at the same time making fun of the whole concept there. Um, and I think that the performances of the of the friends is one of the reasons that the movie, because, you know, you have to go for a while with just these friends before you get to see the secret society. And that's where all the fun is. I mean, those the that's where all of the greatest actors are working. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's that's where you get to see how much the filmmakers love horror movies. But before you can get there, you have to actually like these these five people. One of them is Chris Hemsworth. <laughs> so that's not difficult. Done. <laughs> But they're all really, really funny, especially the stoner. And there's usually a stoner, and a lot of times it's a throwaway character, although it's still always the one you like the best. But in this case, he was great. Yeah, and it embraces those tropes right from the beginning where, of course, some old local towny guy, you don't want to do that, kids. Uh, so you start. And then later, of course, he's on speakerphone and he keeps getting my on speaker. No. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. I also like at the beginning how they're like genuinely good people. And then when they get in the cabin, they slowly start to degrade into their, you know, type yeah. of person they are. But at the beginning, you're like, oh, I like all these people. They're all really good. Like they all actually like each other and they're good people. Then you see like the demise of them. This is yeah. why you never play truth or dare with any of your friends. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's funny, too, though, because they have to make stupid choices like they have to split up or the one has to be sexy and make out with the you know severed head of a deer or whatever so they keep just piping drugs into the house and so of course the only one that doesn't affect is the one who's already super high and, and so he ends up being like why are you doing this like why are you acting like that which i thought was very clever yeah. it's a very clever movie. it's very clever and funny so that is our number four Pairing it with Evil Dead from 2013 is Cabin in the Woods from 2011. That's our number four, so d is on deck next. <laughs> That's right. My choice is from 1987, The Monster Squad. Cookie's out there is killing people, and if it's monsters, nobody's going to do a thing about it but us. Uh... Soon the creatures of the night shall rule the world. Real monsters? Wolfman's got me. The story is that Dracula has to perform a ritual on a certain night to do <laughs> something with the ultimate evil. I'm not, we weren't quite certain when we watched this recently, but he has his own squad of the Wolfman and the Mummy and the Creature from the Black Lagoon and the Frankenstein monster to help him. And he comes up across a club of kids who are huge monster fanatics. They have a, the coolest clubhouse in the entire world where they discover what's going on, find the amulet, and are trying to 
defeat him. And it's uh, this movie was written by Shane Black, who is known for some of the best witty dialogue in movies. Lethal Weapon, Nice Guys, great. And it, th- I think the reason why this movie appealed to me so much when I was a kid is that Universal monsters were what got me into horror. When I was in third grade in the early 80s, there was on every Saturday night was the late great horror show hosted by, and George will like this, the most popular rock DJ in town. He didn't do a like a persona. He just hosted it. And they would show the, the 1130 movie was always a universal one and then something else afterwards. And being that I was in third grade, I never made it past the first one. <laughs> so that's what got me into horror. And by the time this movie came out, I was in, in my teens and had spent many years not watching universal horror and watching a lot of Friday the 13th things and also watching a lot of Goonies and Spielberg and things. So when this movie hit, it kind of like brought me back to what got me into horror in the mm-hmm. first place, but also keyed on to like the like the type of Goonies situation. The kids are out there, they're running wild, they're swearing. <laughs> and if anyone's out there is going to rewatch this, it was an 80s movie. There is a lot of inappropriate stuff going on in this uh, language. A lot of dated. dated uh, a lot language. of dated stuff. That would, yeah. Yes. So just keep that in mind. But it, it really tied those two th- things together, which were. I love, so I, it really hooked me. Plus, this movie was on HBO a hundred times a day back in the eighties, but that's really what got me into it. I mean, it, it really hit me back to what got me as a horror fan, and it's it it is it's the the kids. You could definitely see that the guys that did Stranger Things have to be big fans of this mm. because this is the blueprint for Stranger Things getting together, and no one else believes them. They're, they have to take it on their they have to take it on themselves to try and in this case, save the world, which in, I guess in Stranger Things happened too, but that, that it's really, really ties through a lot of the things of the 80s together, and I love this movie. And the kids are so angry. Oh, they? they are so angry. They're, They're so angry yelling, yelling at each other. And... Poor Horace gets the worst <laughs> the nickname. of all of them constantly, for no reason, for like just showing up. Thank you. That's what I was going to mention. We all pick movies where friends kill each other, but yours is the worst, because they know that kid's <laughs> name, but they choose to call him Fat Kid. And honestly, I'd rather be stabbed. <laughs> Although Tom Noonan, that was the that was oh, a, love Tom a, an inspired choice for the Frankenstein monster because he's such a sympathetic character, the Frankenstein monster. Anyway, to put Tom Noonan in there, oh my god, he's so great. I hadn't seen it for a million years when I watched it with my nieces, and that was a terrible choice. <laughs> that was I like the whole time I just kept going, oh, that's a lot of homophobic humor. Yeah. Oh, look at the slut shaming. Oh my god, yeah, this was I, a terrible choice. And here's what stuck out: like my eight year old niece Ruby said. Aren't they all virgins? Why do they have to exactly. put this yes, four-year-old exactly. girl right. in jeopardy? Yes. And I said, yes, actually, yes. this would have been a much shorter film. They would over, yeah, five minutes. I've got a friend of mine who's got, a, I think, an 11-year-old who really loves horror. And he's like, can you find some movies that we can watch together with him at age appropriate? And I had this on the list at the beginning. And then when we were doing our rewatch recently, Katie leans over to me and goes, you're not showing this. <laughs> <laughs> you're not showing this. <laughs> But good for us and uh, good for uh, the countdown. That is 1987, right? 1987 of the Monster Squad. And perfect to pair with our number three from 2017, another one that's based with kids. And it's Tigers Are Not Afraid. Los tigres no tienen miedo. This one is Issa Lopez, and it's so beautiful, and it's so imaginative and heartbreaking. And it is, though. It's it's just a group of kids, and they're trying to survive, like, cartel drug war and homelessness and poverty and all this awful stuff. 
and you know they do that with sort of whimsy and imagination and it's really beautiful but it is it's a, it's like how a group of little kids band together and that their friendship really is what keeps them alive and so i did think it was a good thing to pair with this and it's you know the there's a, it's a little girl who suddenly finds herself in a situation with a bunch of kids who've already been living in the street together for a long time and she has to kind of muscle her way in she has to find a place with this with this group of kids or she's not going to survive um, and then she's having a lot of there's a lot of supernatural element to this as well, because her mother was murdered. And so you're not really sure if she's seeing ghosts. Are they seeing ghosts? They're unraveling this mystery. It's just a beautifully put together, really lyrical, sad, but at the same time, horrifying film that I just can't recommend. Highly yeah, because enough. there's a lot of social commentary going in this as well. Have any of you guys seen it? Yeah. Oh, I nice. just watched it today. Oh, I nice. have not. And then I said, oh, children murder. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Great pick. <laughs> yeah, because I think uh, not a lot of people, at least when it came out, uh, not a lot of people saw it, I think. It was on our best of list, I think, of trying to get more eyeballs on it. But great. Where did you see it? Where is it? Is it streaming? Uh, I think it's on Shudder. Yeah. Oh, it's on nice. Shutter. Yep. See Shudder coming right. through again. Very well done. All right. That is our number three. Tigers Are Not Afraid from 2017 uh, from writer-director Issa Lopez. So who's up next? It's Megan is up next with her choice. This is a goodie. Because it's also our number two, Mm. which means you actually won. Exactly. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. If if I have the same movie that you guys picked, it's clearly the best. Clearly. Um, So my pick was the 2005 movie, The Descent. This is not good, guys. I watched this my freshman year of college. I went to Wittenberg University, and they have their own cave club. And so I watched it with my group of caving friends, and we I was absolutely horrified. Because in this movie, it's a bunch of friends. They like to do thrill-seeking activities, whitewater rafting, caving, rappelling, that kind of like high adrenaline thing. And they get together a year after a really horrible tragedy kills the husband and daughter of one of their friends. And they come together to do a cave trip. And unbeknownst to the whole group except of one, they are going to cave in a system that has not been in like caved in before. Um, and so the first Juno, <laughs> yes, Juno. I was going to say, does your cave uh, group have a Juno? No, fortunately, we're very safety oriented, and that's why it was so horrifying because it's like you you don't first of all you tell people the cave you go in, second of all you don't go in a new place like. Those are very important yeah, safety Yeah, but Juno wanted to blaze a trail, didn't exactly. she? <laughs> she, wanted, she wanted to get everyone happy after this yeah. really horrible tragedy. And so the first good chunk of this movie, the horror, is the cave. And, mm-hmm. like, people get hurt very seriously. Like, one of their friends breaks her leg, and you can see the whole bone sticking out of her mm-hmm. leg. And then it switches into a monster movie, yeah. which... I would just like to say I've never seen a monster in a cave, <laughs> but my friend group, we call them the albino cave gorillas because that's kind of the vibe that you get. They, you know, they're very white, they're bleached out because they don't have any sunlight. Right. And so we call them albino cave gorillas. And so I think part of the reason that I love this movie so much is because I've been in caves where things don't necessarily go the way you wanted to, obviously not to that extent because I'm still here talking, <laughs> but like I've gotten hypothermia in a cave and like that's a very scary situation and I can see how things get out of hand really fast. And so I think that's why I love that movie so much. Yeah, well, I can see where it is 
two horror movies in one because for a lot of people, claustrophobia mm-hmm. is a big deal. And, and it the has, dark. there's the one scene, even before the, the monsters show up, there's the one scene where you think the one woman is going to get stuck mm-hmm. in that. And that, that's, I'm out. Yeah. I am out. Yeah. But I, I'll take the monsters over that. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, sometimes the monster killing you is better than dying oh. in a cave. I find it interesting that between The Invitation and The Evil Dead and this, it's the theme between them is how grief happens to a friend group mm-hmm. and it can just fracture in many different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and in real life, I'm hoping it's not in the ways that it happened in these movies, but it, it's an interesting thing that you, your friends are your friends until something bad happens and you see you stick together or not and you see how they are for real after that. Or Well, because so often people want you to grieve the way that they think is right instead of your way, instead of just being there for you and the way you choose to grieve. And that's the case. Well, you know, she wants everybody to adapt to how she wants the group to be happy. And it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't work out there, but Juno takes a lot of slack. And I'm going to say that Sarah is actually the bad guy in this movie. She She deliberately kills Juno. Juno accidentally stabbed somebody. Literally killed somebody though. She accidentally stabbed somebody. She brought everybody there with purpose to to have have fun, (laughs) not to kill them. Also, Juno was sleeping with Sarah's right, husband. Right, so, right, A little yeah. bit of infidelity. That's, you oh, know. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean that Sarah can just kill her and leave her in a cave? No, I think we all think Juno should have been killed. All of us think <laughs> Juno so, should have been killed yes. because she didn't tell anybody and they're all going to die because she's stupid. And she got off easy because she didn't die at, well, no, that's not true. I forgot. Mm-hmm. She was really injured and then left as meat. So, okay. Thank okay. you. Okay, no, that was She didn't way. kill her. She accidentally got her in the leg with an axe. Accidentally. Accidentally, and then accidentally <laughs> left her. I would like to say, I would want to cave with someone who put me through that. Like I'm leaving them too. We have established that Spencer is the worst, and now Spencer is trying to establish that Juno is not. I'm the worst. siding with Juno on this one. Spencer is Juno. I can't. I can't believe that you cave. I'm I, siding I mean, with Juno. You know, the, you know, the idea of dying in a cave is uh, only scarier than just being in a cave. Like the idea of being in a cave is way scarier than anything I'm prepared to do. I'll say it's one of the coolest things I've ever done. Oh. I don't think that's true. <laughs> I mean, isn't this one of the coolest things you've ever done? Uh, I've never been on a podcast before. Yeah, like, so yeah, he's, <laughs> I got you back. You did. <laughs> They're right up there together. <laughs> Very well done. But that's one of our favorites as well. We brought it up on many, yeah. many a podcast because as, as you rightly point out, it's got so many different scares. And if you, well, in the very, very beginning, the tragedy that you mentioned is so, all of us, it's just mm-hmm. so sudden. Like, Jesus. Yeah. You know, yeah. And that that shakes you right there. And then you have the caving part. And if you're claustrophobic, that's going to affect you. And then we get to the monsters. So, yeah, it's it's quite a roller coaster ride of emotion. <laughs> it is. And then the other thing is that uh, is that it's all women and they don't sexualize the female characters, you know? Mm-hmm. And they, they you know, it's it's so, so often when you're, you have a film where it's a group of humans and they're trapped in something, they're like, you know, black ops, or they have all of these, you know, MacGyver skills. And these are, you know, one of them is just a school teacher. Like, she's got no business being down there, except she knows a joke about a lemon. Like, really, that's the only (laughs) thing she brings. So I really like that about it as well, is that, and it's just incredibly well-structured. And this is writer-director Neil Marshall, who has struggled over the past few years to to live up to this, and and, uh, dog soldiers as well. But, uh, boy, this is so effective. And are you are you going to tell your your story real quickly about the descent? 
Yeah, so there are two. I've told this before, so if you've heard me, you can stop listening for a second. But <laughs> there are two endings. There's the there is the um, European ending, and then there's the American ending. And when I watched it with my oldest sister, I thought that she would like it because it's you know it's kind of it's scary, but it's also you know sort of thrilling and just a good movie. And I uh, accidentally we watched the European ending. And she did not like it at all. And she punched me so hard. She punched me so hard. She's very strong. So just be careful which one you watch and there. with whom. I prefer that ending, by the way. Yeah. I do. I like I like the endings that aren't like, hey, mm-hmm. if that makes sense to anybody listening right now. <laughs> hey. Sarah gets what she deserves in both endings. <laughs> wow. That's what I'm saying. I'm sticking to it. Linda <laughs> <laughs> said, that is uh, Megan's choice and our number two. So, yeah, we're, we're with you. We like where your head's at. Uh, all right. So who's up next? It's Monty with his choice. All right. So like you said earlier, the group of friends opens up to a gigantic, like any, any movie counts. And I was like, I'm going to be very unique and I'm going to pick friends that are horrible. Well, I, yeah, I didn't work out that way. <laughs> um, so I picked Scream, the original Scream. Like scary movies. What's the point? They're all the same. Some stupid killer stalking some big-breasted girl who can't act. She's always running up the stairs when she should be going out the front door. It's insulting. Um, I think we all know it. We all love it. I just recently rewatched it uh, when the new one came out. So I watched it so many times back in the '90s, mm-hmm. and I loved it so much. And then I just kind of quit watching it. It just kind of fell out of my way. And then I rewatched it again. I'm like, oh my god, I still love this movie because yeah. the cast is so good. Like. If you go into it not knowing anything about it, you're like, oh, these these friends are awesome. Maybe not, uh, what's the boyfriend's name? Skeet? <laughs> what's his, his character's name? Uh, maybe not him. Like, he's kind of he's kind of shady. But, like, everybody else, like Matthew Lillard, awesome. Like, you want to hang out with kind of all these people. And they're such great people. And, like, once they start getting picked off, you're like, oh, no. Like, I want these guys to stick up for each other. Then the, you know, if I ruin Scream for you, shame on you. <laughs> but then, shame on you. <laughs> shame on you. Don't even listen to this podcast. Just, uh, but yeah, then you discover it's them. It's their friends that are doing this. And yeah. you're just like, oh my gosh, it's it's such a, like a, a knife in the heart. And you're like, you think Matthew Lillard, at least him, he's like, oh, he's the good guy. No, he's one of the worst guys ever. And uh, it just kind of breaks your heart, but it's also very good. It's very shocking because they pin, like the whole movie, they kind of pin it on the dad. It's like you're thinking, oh, it's, it has mm-hmm. to be the dad. Mm-hmm. And then lo and behold, it's not. It's it's the the crappy friends. Um, but I, I love it. I love all the cast. They all do a great job. And even in the sequels, I I, I know a lot of people don't like the sequels, but I watched them again. I, I kind of love them too. Yeah. Yeah. They, I mean, all the, the the cast that sticks around, they're all great. They're all really good. They have chemistry. I think they are a great group of friends, and that's why I picked them. Well, I think how you feel about early on when you started seeing the friends picked off speaks to how well the movie pulls you in and makes you feel like the group of friends. Because for a large segment of the audience, you feel like, yeah, I love horror movies like that, too. And I follow all the tropes, and I know. Right. And, and when they're talking about, this is what happens next, these right. horror movies, you're like, yeah, I'm right there with you. So you feel like part of this in-group. And the the movie is great to making you feel that way. Very meta. Very like Cabin very in the Woods. Very meta. And, you know, they, they're like predicting their own demises, essentially. Mm-hmm. And uh, But, yeah, it just a, it's a really good movie, and... I just I can't say enough about it. And even now, like just rewatching it again, I'm like, yeah, I, I just want to watch this every year because I love it so much. 
It is a really fun one. And I, I agree with you. I think all of the sequels are, are, are enjoyable. I think it's yeah. one of the few films that stands up no matter what. Even the fourth one, which I know a lot of people hated. I loved um, it. I, I thought it was very fun. I thought it was super fun. I liked the reboot a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah um, I did too. But I do think, I think it's because the first one was, was so very solid that it wasn't difficult to come up with. And also, so meta, so that all they had to do, so the, the sequel, well, it's about horror sequels. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, every single one, they have... Oh, and then the new one is about reboots and about, you know, modern horror. And, and it's just, it lo- it allows them all to be really clever. Also, I just always love to point out that in the um, South Park movie, Satan has a poster of Skeet Ulrich in his bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> this is my favorite thing about Satan. And I think that's why the sequels work, too, because of the chemistry with the cast and, like, their on-screen friendship. I think it's just, it's really good. And, um... Also, can I just say about Scream 3, I would hate it if Parker Posey wasn't in it. Mm. She makes that entire movie, and that's mm. the only reason why I love it. But, um, yeah, other than she that, She is yeah, great, though. I, I love her so much. If she's listening, uh, <laughs> give me a call. <laughs> well, I, I think, we, as we've said a few times about the original Scream, it, just, it reframed the entire genre just, just like that. Uh, it's so clever and so well-written and, and, and character-driven, and it gives you that that shock, that twist at the end, and it just reset, it reframed everything. Yeah, it was Wes Craven, of course. And he, you know, he kind of started along that line with the, A New Nightmare. He was coming up with some ideas that I think he would execute much more successfully, some, you know, meta commentary he would execute so much more successfully in this movie. And, of course, I mean, you know, with The, with the Nightmare on Elm Street, he completely, completely remade horror. And with, uh, um, with Hills Have Eyes, he had done this. I mean, he's just... He was just such a, a revolutionary filmmaker, and it was really fun that kind of his last big wave was such a fun movie. Yeah, Because yeah. not all of his films were. The only thing I don't like about Scream is all the uh, uh, the other movies that came around that era that were trying to copy it. Sure. Because those ones are bad. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I, don't give me... Uh, was that? I know what you did last summer. I hate it. <laughs> I hate Urban it. Legend. Urban right. Legend's yeah. the worst. Between that and Blair Witch spawning so many terrible things other than like that whole time of horror movies was not great when they had two great movies that came out it just spawned so much garbage sure it's gonna happen anytime you have some massive hit like that oh we're gonna copy it yeah exactly but it's worth it coming into uh the fright club podcast to get paired with our number one which is from 2014 and it's it follows wherever you are it's somewhere walking straight for you all you can do is pass it along to someone else. Spooky buddies. <laughs> yeah, and there are so many millions of things about It Follows that I absolutely love. But I think one of the reasons that it holds together, so it's not just this this just litany of incredible shots and this amazing idea about this shape-shifting demon that's following you that never stops, no matter what you do. I mean, all of that is so clever, but... I just love this group of friends. I love Keir Gilchrist so much in this movie. I love Mika Monroe. I love her group of friends and how sincerely they want to help her, even though they don't understand. But they don't just dismiss her. You just really root for them. I mean, they're they're going to get in so much trouble just by going to these places with her to help her try to get away from this demon or figure out what's going on. I love this group of friends so very much. And this is writer-director David Robert Mitchell. And it's got some definite callbacks, some definite homages to horror movies right Especially out of the Carpenter, gate. Carpenter, yeah. Yeah, right mm-hmm. out of the gate. And it's got that really cool 
not really a jump scare, but a, a real shock at the very, very beginning, the opening sequence. And then it's got some great jump scares throughout, and especially it's got those those scenes where you you're you're scanning the frame for what's <laughs> what's what is in the background that is coming toward me and toward the character, and it just keeps you on your edge the whole time. It's great. Yeah, there's a there's a, a lot of revolving camera. And it does it because they don't know yet to be looking, and you do. And mm-hmm. it's such a clever use right. of the framework of their film, of the of the specter that they've set up, that it just keeps going around in a circle, and you're like, is, is anything closer than it was the last time? Right. It's like, oh, there, there is something closer! There's something closer, everyone! It's just, it's such a good movie. The, t- the entire movie is just anxiety. It's just, yep. it's all, all it is. It's anxiety for beginning to end, yeah. and just scratching my skin the entire time but i absolutely love the movie and i love how it's it's so you can't pin it down to a time yeah. all right. their their gadgets like what is that it's the, not the a clam phone that needs to come immediately yeah <laughs> but at the same time they have a dial on their television the and rabbit ears like oh okay so it's 1980 2021 right. i don't understand but then they're also like it is it's so anxiety driven but also her friends buy into her anxiety and they're like, oh, yeah, you're worked up about something? Okay, we're on this. We'll help you. We're with you. And then they end up in that creepy lake house, and mm-hmm. they're just like, where is this going? What's going to happen? But her buddies are there with her. And, of course, the most obvious metaphor for it is, you know, sexually transmitted diseases. Mm-hmm. But it's that it could go all sorts of different directions. That That's the easy way out, I think, for this movie. Yeah, I do think. I mean, the, the reason that I have it, number one, is because is because they're good friends. Yeah. They really are. They're lovely friends. And this isn't going to go very well for most of them. But... They, especially poor Gil- Keir Gilchrist, I just think that was a bad decision. I understand why you did it, mm-hmm. but I just don't think it was a good idea. Do you think maybe the demon wanted to be their friend and he just didn't know how to <laughs> keep him alive? I mean, I don't know. That's my guess. Quite a bear hug in that opening scene. Maybe, you yeah. know, maybe when the demon was young, all his friends decided he was the worst. And <laughs> oh, yeah. Then he, he chose a life of demonic torture. I grew up with that, so... <laughs> Yes, because you grew up with Spencer. <laughs> exactly. So that is our number one. It follows from 2014. We're pairing that with Scream for Spooky Buddies on Spooky Buddies. This, I think, this turned out pretty well. Fairly conflict-free. Nobody threw hands. No, <laughs> no, they didn't. Nobody hit each other. It was, uh, it was a lot more amicable than their Twitter threads tend to be. Right. There was a lot less yelling than normally happens when we get together. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate that. Well, I also thought you guys had a button for the cops, and I'm like, <laughs> they have easy access to call the cops. Let's chill out for a second. Well, we we can't thank you guys enough. First of all, thank you for supporting Obstacle Corps, which is how this whole thing started. Thank you so much for that. Thank you. Can't wait for it. Yeah, nice headband, by the way. Thank you. And uh, and thank you for, for coming in. You came in ready. You came in hot. The serious hot take over here. <laughs> I got all the really, hot takes. That, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It, it was great stuff and great fun. So just a reminder that we are taking uh, the month of May off from Fight Club because we're working on that movie. But we're then we'll be back in June. Yep. Uh, in June, we're going to be at the Gateway Film Center with the movie Spring and the podcast topic, They Had Sex With What? <laughs> <laughs> and then we're also going to have for our taped segment, um, the re- a return visit from filmmaker George Popov whose documentary Side World Haunted Forests of England is now streaming, and you should watch it. And he, he was a great guest. We he had was, him on what, a yeah. couple years ago, I think? Yeah, to do uh, Dark Ages horror. All right. We're looking forward to that. All right, let's give you a, a social media call-off. D-Zach, where can we find you? Uh, on Twitter, I'm uh, at DZach1. All right, Katie. 
I am Pint O Joe on Twitter. I never use it. <laughs> <laughs> Megan. I'm Real Megan O on Twitter. Spencer. Yeah. I don't remember. I, I'm on Twitter at some point. Just look at me um, under <laughs> under Derek's comments, bitching at him. That's how you find me. At Smeetalks. And uh, Monty. And I am Captain Matoxin, but I have a lot of hot takes too. And I, <laughs> I don't like to uh, tell them on podcasts to get publicly criticized. So. <laughs> All right. I also have a personal correction because that's not even my Twitter name. My Twitter name is Struggle Muffles. That's right. You had to be corrected on the Twitter. You don't even know your own handle. Because I know she's you're Pina Joe on Instagram. Because I always refer to her as Pina Joe. But because I can never remember what it's. I always want to say muffin. I'm like, what the hell is this? So anyway. All right, we got it straight. Well, you know where you can find us. It's at Fright Club Pod. Also on Facebook and Instagram. It's Mad Wolf Columbus and the main website. We can find uh, our other podcast. The Screening Room and all of our weekly movie reviews all at madwolf.com. And speaking of reading, come on. <laughs> I wrote a book and you should read it. Um, and if you buy it, on, it's called Roost, by the way. And if you buy it on Amazon, please leave a review uh, unless you don't like it, in which case, please don't. <laughs> It'll be the first book I read. Yeah. <laughs> See, you're, mo- you're moving up the rankings all the time. Well, this has been a blast. Thanks again for the for the support for the movie, and thanks again for coming on and making this fun. And uh, so we will get together again, well, when the movie's over, right, when we, we get done filming. Looking forward to that. And as you said, we'll be back at June. We'll be back in June uh, at Gateway for the next Fright Club Live. Oh, and don't forget to join the fun of our Facebook group, private group, under Fright Club Podcast. So just send in a request to join, and we'll make you part of it. So until then, keep in touch. Uh, we love to hear from you. Keep the conversation going. And she is Hope Madden. He's George Wolf, And this is the Fright Club Podcast. And they are the spooky buddies. Hit it. Stay, Stay frightful, frightful, my friends. friends. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.